John chapter 15 this morning. Let's uh, begin by reading. Uh, We'll read down through, I think, verse 8 this morning of uh, John 15. Uh, The Word of God says this, I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered, and men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. <clears throat> so last week we looked at the thought of abiding in His purpose. And we kind of touched on the idea and we understand that the purpose of uh, our life as believers is to, the primary purpose is to glorify God and to bring Him glory. According to verse 8, it says here, Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. So uh, one of the ways we can glorify the Father is by being a fruit bearer, is by having fruit evidenced in our life. And Last week, we very briefly, we could really, you could study each one of these characteristics individually, um, and I very briefly just kind of gave you uh, the, some of the fruits of the Spirit that we ought to show evidence in our lives of, and the, the things like love, uh, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, intemperance, uh, do those, are they evident in your life? Does your life show evidence of these areas? Uh, if not, uh, there's, there's something wrong. Uh, and we'll, we'll kind of look at that here in a few moments. But this week, we'll, we're going to kind of continue that thought about bearing fruit or the purpose, uh, abiding in His purpose, if you will. But this week, we're going to emphasize to bear fruit in the aspect of soul winning, to bear souls. Uh, are we soul winners? Um, but... I, I want to remind you of a couple things. Look at verse 4, if you would. It says, Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. Uh, You must abide in the vine to bear fruit. You have to continue with Christ. And and we've kind of talked about those things recently. Uh, The branch cannot bear fruit unless it is attached to the vine. Uh, I noticed the other day, I didn't notice this before, we have a vine that grows along a a portion of our fence, and there's grapes on it. I had no idea that this was that type of a vine, but there were, I was mowing the yard, and I thought, I don't know what what kind of grapes there are, I'm I'm just going to hack it out of there. The more vegetation in your yard, the more maintenance, (laughs) and I don't like a lot of maintenance, but uh, anyway. Listen, so just as a vine cannot bear fruit, excuse me, a branch cannot bear fruit unless it's attached to the vine... Us as believers cannot bear fruit unless we're attached to Christ. And that's the picture that John 15 gives us here. You must be abiding in Him. You cannot be fruitful in your own power. Um, It's not going to work. Now listen, you can fake it for a season maybe. Uh, There's a lot of folks I think that are trying to live the Christian life in their own power. But you certainly will not have the fruit that remains that we learn of in in verse 16. Uh, It won't remain. You could fake it for... For some time, perhaps, but uh, at some point, it's going to be revealed that you're not in Christ. You're not continuing in Christ. You're not abiding in Him. 
And again, if you're not having evidences of those fruits of the Spirit in your life, that's a good indicator you're not where you ought to be spiritually uh, with your relationship with Christ. Our ability to bear fruit is a result of the relationship with Christ. So, and I think as we get more conformed to the image of Christ and God changes us, it just naturally happens as we're connected to the vine. Uh, so if you're, acting, if you're lacking that evidence, if you're lacking fruit in your life, uh, I submit to you this morning that your walk with Christ is lacking. Uh, you're not abiding in Him. You're not continuing him with Him. Before Sunday school, we have the, the five to thrive up. You're not faithfully committed to those five aspects of the Christian life, and you're not going to thrive. You're not going to bear fruit. And by the way, one of those is witnessing. Um, <clears throat> which we're going to talk a little bit about this morning. I, I really hope this will be... I'm trying to rush in the preliminaries because I've noticed the last couple of weeks I've ran out of time. Bearing fruit is a result of abiding. Look at verse 5. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. You will bring forth fruit if you abide in Christ. It's a natural response or... Uh, the natural result of that relationship with Christ. Uh, It's just going to happen. You cannot abide in Him and remain fruitless. That doesn't happen. Uh, So if you're you're telling everybody you're abiding in Him, but there's no evidence of that, and we just talked about James, right? Our faith without works is dead, right? It's the similar thought here that if there's no evidence of, of God changing your life and producing that fruit, whether it's the fruit of the Spirit or the fruit of souls, then it's lip service, and you're just saying you're abiding, but you're really not, because it will happen. Those grapes, I hacked that vine down to like a stub, and now it's grown over 25 to 30 feet of my fence again in, in the course of a year. It just it, it continues to flourish because it, it's connected <clears throat> to that vine. Those branches just continue to expand out. The fruit of the Spirit, the fruit that God begins to work in your your life, He does it immediately after salvation, will begin to affect your temperament, your personality. Those those are the things that we're talking about, that love, that joy, that peace. It begins to affect who you are as an individual. Uh, We we say the old man is dead, right? Old things are passed away. All things are become new. We're different in Christ. And so as we abide in Him, those things, I'll tell you, my personality is different. The greater I walk with the Savior. It affects how I respond to people. It affects, and so when we struggle in those areas, oftentimes it doesn't mean, and nobody's perfect. Don't misunderstand me this morning. You're not going to get to a point where you have sinless perfection and you never make a mistake. But you will be different. And there will be a marked, noticeable difference uh, as you abide in in Him. Because your personality, your temperate, the way that you respond in everyday situations will be different when you're abiding in Him than when you're not. And the reality is those things will give credence to your testimony and it will allow you greater opportunities to witness. People are going to see that there's something different about this individual. Uh, I, don't, I don't know, they might not understand what it is, or, but they're going to say, wow, I can do provoking things to this person and they don't respond how the rest of the workforce that I work with does. Uh, they respond in a spiritual manner. And so The question I have for you this morning is, does your conversation or your manner of life indicate that you are in Christ and cause others to wonder why you're different? Do people even notice that there's a difference? Is there any fruit 
that we understand it to be fruit? Or is there any of those characteristics of the fruit of the Spirit evidenced in your life that people look at and go, wow, this, <coughs> this person's different. I don't know why they're different, but they are different. Excuse me. And those fruits, and I think I mentioned this last week, it's Christ-likeness. <coughs> as we abide in Him and as the Spirit works in us and we walk in the Spirit and not in the flesh, uh, love begins to take over and we have this joy and, uh, and, and all those things are great examples. If you look at the life of Christ, all of those characteristics were permeated His, his earthly ministry. Uh, all of the, he was long-suffering, he, he had peace, he had joy. The, for the joy that was set before him, he was obedient unto death. Uh, so the, that's a different joy than what we understand. We often think of happiness. Uh, and so these things will stand in stark contrast uh, to the world around us. Uh, we're going to see the adultery, the fornication, the uncleanness, the lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and it says the such like. Those are the things that are common in the world around us. I mean, you can see them at the grocery store. You definitely see them in the workplace. Those are the works of the flesh. And so as we abide in the vine and he begins to change us and these fruits begin developing in our life, people are going to notice that we're different. Can God use your testimony to draw others to himself? And I, don't get me wrong, we're going to talk about witnessing here. I'm not talking about some lifestyle evangelism where you never have to open your mouth and tell people uh, that Christ died for them or that they're a sinner. But the reality is, Matthew 5.16 says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Our lives ought to look very different from the rest of the world. Now, some of you and me in recent days have the opportunity to work in a Christian environment. What a blessing. But the majority of us don't this morning. And so there ought to be a difference in the way that we conduct ourselves versus those people that we're around. Um, I'll never forget a coworker asked me if I was a religious man one time. We were having a conversation. It was kind of a, a difficult, debated conversation, something that um, uh, was somewhat heated. Basically, there was an opportunity, and I didn't want it. And he was kind of offended that I didn't want it because... He's a retired chief, and there's all kinds of politics in that. But So anyway, I said, no, I'm not interested in that. I, that's not my personality. That's not, what I, that's not the direction I think I want to go and where God wants me to go. <clears throat> and he looked at me and said, oh, you're religious, aren't you? And I said, well, I'm faithful to church. And you know, I told him I go to Liberty Baptist Church. And, um, and he said, I knew there was something different about you. He said, we're having this conversation, and you haven't swore once. <laughs> you haven't used any profanity. And he knew that I was different just because of the way I was talking. And it was an opportunity to say, well, praise the Lord. Uh, but it wasn't, I wasn't even intentionally trying to witness. I was honestly, we were having a very contentious conversation. And he just happened to say, hey, and that opened a door of opportunity. And so now, uh, even now, I've had opportunities to talk to him uh, since I've retired. I have to go get my retired ID tomorrow. Um, so before the 1st of October... Um, and I think I'm going to stop by the squadron, maybe say hi to him uh, and just tell him how things are going because he knew I was going to come work at the church. But um, listen, people will notice if you're abiding in the vine. You will be different. And it will create... Our, now, that doesn't mean everybody's going to come knocking on your door and everybody's going to... And sometimes they're going to notice it and they're not going to say anything. 
And that's where you need to speak up at times. Because they know something's different about you, but they don't know what, and they, maybe they are uncomfortable. They don't know. They're not going to ask you. So we ought to do our part and bring up the subject of Christ at times. And so, listen, an apple tree bears apples. I have them in my yard. Thank you, Last Grange. You took care of some of them for me. An orange tree bears oranges. I've seen them. Not around here, but down south. Uh, there's grapes come from a vine. Uh, Christians ought to bear more Christians. That's natural. So us as believers this morning, those of us in here that claim Christ and we're say that we're Christians, and really some people say they're Christians and maybe they're just a believer because they're not really Christ-like at all, but anyway. But those of us that claim to be Christians this morning ought to be bearing other Christians. Now that doesn't mean there's a set number. We don't have a tally. Nobody's sitting here going, okay, well, Lisa hasn't led anybody to the Lord for, you know, six months, so I don't know, I don't think she's a real Christian. That's not what I'm saying. But at times, you should have the opportunity to bear fruit, even in, in the aspect of being a part of somebody coming to know Christ. Uh, and so, do you know how to share the gospel with others? Can, in the next few moments, if, I, if we were to go around the room, could you come up here and take a few moments and just explain to somebody through the Bible how they could come to know Christ? Are you able to do that? As a Christian, you ought to be able to do that. Um, I'll never forget, I was a young teenager. I was just, I had just got right with God. The Lord had worked on my heart, and I think it was my sophomore year, I started going full-time to uh, Liberty Baptist Academy, and one of the requirements was personal evangelism. It was a class that, I think it was Christian manhood was the class, and then one of the, the, the quarters or something, we focused on personal evangelism. And so here I am, 15, 16-ish years old, and I'm given an assignment, the plan of salvation. Next week, everyone needs to come up with their version of how they would lead somebody to Christ. And at that time in my life, it was a daunting thought and task. Like, how in the world? I don't know. I remember when the, the preacher was preaching and he said I was a sinner uh, and I needed Christ. And I remember when I trusted Christ, but how do I tell somebody else that? Using Bible verses. I was blown away. And so that week, I immersed myself in tracks and in, in Romans Road is, is probably the most common place that people use in the Bible. Not the only place, but... Um, and so I just remember learning how to present the gospel to somebody. Every believer needs to know how to do that. You ought to know how to share what happened to you with others. You're commanded to do that, by the way. That's a command from the Word of God. Uh, we are ambassadors for Christ. We are to go and preach the gospel to every creature. And so do you know how to do that? Listen, there's hindrances to that. There's a lack of gospel knowledge, right? I don't know how to do that. Uh, and so, listen, we can sit in a church and you can hear the gospel. You can hear sermons about it. You can uh, have conversations about it. Um, and you've probably heard the gospel if you've been in church for any length of time Many, many times. But you don't know how 
to give it yourself. You ought to be able to do that, and so I encourage you, take the time to learn how. Uh, We're to study and to be students of the Word of God. And if you need help, I'll help you. Uh, not that I'm an expert in that matter, but I, I, I have done it. I've, I've shared the gospel. I have my own plan that I use, and, and you can adjust it for different circumstances. But um, you need to know how. And so I encourage you, take the time to learn how. And I'm going to give you some notes this morning, Lord willing here, if time allows, on how to do that. So if you want to take some notes this morning, I'll, I'll share some of the, the common verses that are used. But maybe it's fear. What will others think of me? Uh, what if they do not like me or my family? You know, some people just get paralyzed by that, by the, the thought of being disliked or, or marginalized or laughed at or something like that. Somebody might mock you. Uh, listen, they mocked Christ, and he died for you. Uh, we ought not be ashamed of the gospel. Uh, allow God to take care of that aspect of it. Listen, we are just commanded to be obedient. And your obedience to God is far more important than any potential ridicule or shame. And the reality is what I've learned, that's very few and far between. Most people appreciate that you would take the time to share the gospel with them. Listen, God is on the other side of all of this, working in their hearts, helping them to understand that they need a Savior. It's not you and in your efforts alone. Remember, you're abiding in Christ and he's filling with you with the Spirit. And the, and the scriptures are there, and you're just being obedient to what you ought to do. And God is working all of this. He's providing the opportunities to witness. He's having, I mean, it's, think about this. Just today in testimony time, how random it is to get something in the mail. But God says, here's an opportunity. Amen. And that happens every day in our life. But if, we're not, if we lack the knowledge or, or we're too scared to do it, we fail to branch out and to share the gospel. And consequently, we miss opportunities. And I believe this with all my heart. Based on the word of God, we will be held accountable for those. That we fail to share Christ uh, when God brings in opportunity to our ways. Listen, sometimes it can be awkward. It'll be okay. I know some people, they get that lump in their throat. And I think maybe I'll be known as the Ned Flanders of the neighborhood. Maybe some of you don't know who that is, but that goes back to my childhood cartoons. But... Um, or maybe some of you think well, they'll just lump you with Westboro Baptist Church. Those nuts, right? Listen, you have to get over those concerns and trust that you're just being obedient to God and God will work things out. Uh, he's never let anyone down today, uh, to date. And he's not going to start with you. Uh, there might be a little ridicule and stuff along the way, but it's okay. They ridicule our Savior. Uh, he was victorious. We're going to be victorious in the end, so don't worry about that. Um, maybe you got a lack of compassion, or maybe you're just apathetic uh, about those things. And when it comes to a lack of compassion, I encourage you to think about where you were without Christ and remind yourself of how lost you were and then when you understood you needed a Savior. And that's the condition of all those people that are without Christ. And I think it will provoke a little compassion in your in yourself, and, and just don't be apathetic. Don't be lazy about it. Uh, people are going to hell. Austin, if he was not in Christ, he's in, in hell today. We don't like to say those things. We don't like to talk about those things, but that's reality. And so we need to be prepared to preach the gospel. And, and we ought to have a compassion for people. I would hate to think of 
somebody in hell. And the Apostle Paul, uh, he wished himself accursed that others might be in Christ. Thank God that that's not possible, but um, he's secure in Christ as well. But listen, we must overcome any hindrances to preaching the gospel. So educate yourself. Understand God's there. There's nothing to fear. We're more than conquerors in Christ. Uh, He's got this. He's got us covered. Um, And and so educate yourself and and really just understand that their need. If you don't share the gospel with them, who's going to? How shall they hear without a preacher? you got to overcome those. Do not allow the excuses to prevent you from being obedient and sharing your faith. Don't allow excuses to prevent that. So here's a few thoughts. Build relationships with others with the intent of sharing Christ. Be upfront about your faith. Now, that doesn't mean you have to bulldog everybody and say, I'm a Christian and you ought to be a Christian. That's not what I'm saying. But when you, when you meet people and you greet people, treat them in a way that you know you'll be able to share Christ with them later. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? Right. So don't be a jerk because that's going to hinder your opportunity to witness to them later. So when you're at Menards, the best for me is the auto parts store. I don't know who they're hiring there, but they've never turned a wrench on a car in their life. And so like, I need a said part for this vehicle. And like, what motor is that? What? I'm like, it's a GM. They've had the 5.3 for decades. Well, you should know something. Anyway, and so I, try, I, just, I have to be extra patient when I'm in those circumstances because I'm like, you, you should know something about a car if you're selling car parts. But anyway. My whole point is build relationships with the intent of sharing Christ. Don't be apathetic about your your schedule and the way that you conduct business in life. Be purposeful. Look for opportunities to share Christ. Uh, Get to know people based on uh, your faith that you might be able to share your faith with them. Don't allow your schedule to keep you too busy or distracted uh, that you would miss opportunities. Listen, be mindful of why you're, a Christ, why you're here as a Christian. That's your purpose, is to bear fruit and to share Christ with others. Be mindful of that as you go about your day. Allow the gospel to shine through your conversation. Use Bible words. Say amen, praise the Lord. People are going to think you're nuts. You know, at work sometimes you say that. Now around here, Tyler doesn't look at me funny, but I've caught myself saying praise the Lord at work before, and people are like, like this guy's a fruit. No, I'm trying to bear fruit. But, but listen, if people know you are a Christian up front, it will keep you accountable and it will help you better reach them for Christ. Don't keep that you're a Christian a secret. They should know. Uh, they're noticing a difference in you, or they ought to be noticing a difference in you. If, you're, if your walk with Christ is where it ought to be, they're noticing a difference in you. Make sure they know why you're different. Uh, don't keep it a secret. And be prepared to share the gospel. This is where I say... Uh, listen, learn the scriptures that will help you be a witness to people. If you don't know the scriptures, if you don't know Romans Road or or some of the common scriptures that are used, uh, learn of those things. So uh, listen, it's the word of God that has the power to accomplish what God intends. Uh, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, Romans 1.16. Listen, and again, I want to emphasize this. You're abiding in the vine. You're not doing this in your own power. You're just being a vessel that God can use to bring forth fruit. 
And so the power doesn't come from you. It doesn't come from... Uh, sometimes our personality things can help. The people that we uh, associate with, we can have uh, like-mindedness. But don't ever forget that this is not of you. Uh, this is God using His Word and, and you as a vessel to reach people for Him. And so it's, you don't have to be in fear because you're just being obedient and God was responsible for the results. We'll get to that. So the problem. What's the problem? Uh, the, and so people, in order to be saved, they have to understand uh, that they are a sinner. They, you, you can't be saved from something that you don't think that you're in danger of. And so somebody, uh, any, everybody has to understand that they are a sinner and that they need to be saved. Romans 3.10, as it is written, there is none righteous, not one. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. They must understand these things if they're going to be saved. They've got to understand that they have transgressed God's law. They are enemies of God. And so there's just a couple verses, and then they need to understand the wages of sin is death. All sinners deserve hell as a just punishment for their sin. <clears throat> it's bad enough that they're a sinner, but they need to understand the penalty for sin. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. And then the latter part of that, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And one that I use sometimes is Revelations 21.8, because people don't think they're too bad. Yeah, but Revelation 21.8 says, But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters, and it says, And all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Some people think, Well, I haven't ever killed anybody. I'm doing pretty good. Well, have you ever told a lie? Listen, we're all sinners. And they need to understand that. And, and the wages of sin is death. And that death there is the second death, uh, eternal damnation in the lake of fire. Uh, and then there's only one way to God. John 14, 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. They need to understand that there's not many ways to the same place. It's through Christ and Christ alone. Because you're gonna, when, when you start sharing the gospel, there, there's going to be people that give you a hundred different reasons or a hundred different ways that they think they're going to be good enough, or they've went to this church for so long, or they've done whatever it is, they say, I think I'm, based on that, and you say, well, based on the word of God, that's not how you get there. So they need to understand that there's only one way. <clears throat> one way, not many. Our sins separated us from God, but Christ willingly paid for our sin. Romans 5.8, but God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Something had to die, and Christ took our punishment. 1 Peter 2.24, Who his own self bare our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sin, should live under righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. Listen, Christ is the only way, and he paid the payment that we might enter in. And so they can understand all this, but they have to understand salvation is a free gift. It's not something they deserve, not something they have to do. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. They must make a decision to receive God's free gift of salvation through Christ. Understanding all this, that they're a sinner, the wages of sin is death, and that Christ is the only way isn't enough. They have to make a decision to receive the gift. Romans 10, 
9 and 10, it says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And in Romans 10, 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's very simple to receive eternal life. And so, listen, I just encourage you to learn of these scriptures. And in closing, we have a few more minutes. Be sensitive to the Holy Spirit leading. That's probably one of the most critical pieces of this. Because I've seen, I know people, they're very confrontational. They're offensive in the way that they tell people they need Christ. And all it does is shut people off. I won't mention names because they're... Some of them are kind of common, but I don't want to. But God is working the lives of those around us. Again, it's not all about you. You're just a piece of this puzzle. You're just a part of the, the cog in the wheel, I guess, if you want to look at it from that way. God is already working in people's lives around you to convince them that he's real and that they need a Savior. God's doing the work in their heart through the Holy Spirit and through uh, through other means. And, and so understand that and just trust that the Holy Spirit, and as you abide in Christ and, and you, you have that, you're walking in the Spirit, those Holy Spirit promptings will become more common and you'll be able to discern whether it's the Holy Spirit or not. And so just trust the Holy Spirit's leading. But also create opportunities to witness. As I mentioned earlier, sometimes we do all the things right. We're walking with God, but we never open our mouth. Sometimes you need to create the opportunities. Uh, Jesus often asked thought-provoking questions or used day-to-day applications to bring uh, the spiritual need of those around him up. The woman at the well is probably the greatest example of that. And so create opportunities. Sometimes you do need to open up and say, hey, do you know the Lord? Because remember, God's working in them. And if the Holy Spirit said, speak up, speak up. And just trust that God is leading that situation. And you cannot go wrong by preaching the word of God. It will go forth and it will, that seed will be planted and it will begin God's work that only God can do with his work. And so just be faithful to do that. But listen, leave the results up to God. Don't get discouraged. Don't get down because, boy, I haven't led anybody to the Lord lately. Allow God to do his part. Uh, 1 Corinthians uh, three, six through nine, I have planted Apollos water, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. It's all about God. And so just trust him for the results. <clears throat> Don't get discouraged if people aren't banging on your door asking to receive Christ. Be content that you've been obedient. And just trust God for the results. Be content. If you are faithful, at some point, God will allow you to reap. It's going to happen. And those times are joyous. If you've, I know those in here that have been a part of uh, somebody receiving Christ. What a blessed time. What a blessing that is to see that take place. And, and so if you're just faithful and obedient, God will allow that to take place. Psalm 126, 5 and 6. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth weep and weepeth. Bearing precious seeds shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. God will bring it to pass, but just trust him for that. Just be content that you're being obedient to share the word. Our purpose in life ultimately is to glorify the Father. 
the best way to do that is to bear fruit. So abide in him. Uh, Share the gospel with those you come in contact with. Listen, if you've been waffling in your purpose for life, or if you've been living for your own purposes, would you choose today to redirect your life to abide in Christ and be fruitful? Will you choose to abide in his purpose and preach the gospel? Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for this day, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for uh, this Sunday school lesson. And I pray, Lord, that you would just help us to be faithful and obedient servants. That we would abide in you, Lord, and as you change us to be more like Christ, Lord, that you would Lord, just fill us with your spirit and that we would be sensitive to the needs of those around us. Lord, I pray that you would give us the courage and, Lord, the ability, Lord, to share the gospel with others. Lord, that we would be faithful to preach the gospel to those around us. Lord, I pray that our church would be known as a loving church that is about the Father's business, Lord. And I pray that you would do work in the hour to come. We pray that you would be with the preaching of your word. Speak to each and every heart, and we'll give you the thanks for all you do. In Jesus' name, amen.